Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello. Now, firstly, a bit unconventional, but a little content warning for this video. This is for some of the most tedious people on the internet. I'm sorry to say that, but they are. What you're about to see is me doing my job as an independent commentator. That involves me scrutinising all frontline politicians, irrespective of which political party they happen to be a member of. Now, the vast majority of my output on this channel, as you can see just by scrolling through the latest videos, focuses on the Conservatives. Now, there's obvious reasons for that. Firstly, they're in government, doing terrible things, mostly involving trashing the country and sadistically imposing cruelty on people whose lives are already pretty difficult. And secondly, because they're the greater evil, Toryism is a diseased presence on the history of this country. I make no apology for using that language. But it's also my job to scrutinise the opposition, not least because they are the government in waiting. And you see, the last time Labour in power, they did do some good things. For example, the minimum wage, investment in public services like the National Health Service, gay rights. They also did some bad things like expanding privatisation, attacks on civil liberties and the small matter of the mass murder of hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. Now, sometimes I bring up Iraq and acolytes of Tony Blair go, oh, why is still going on about Iraq? Boring, move on, it's so last decade or whatever. I'm going to just say, just quickly, describe what that behaviour is with a word that I'm using very carefully, it is racism. Because if beginning 20 years ago, and continuing to this day, hundreds of thousands of white people were slaughtered in an orgy of violence, I don't think they'd be saying the same thing. Now, given that checkered history of Labour in government, it is important to scrutinise what is almost certainly going to be the next government within the next two years. So yesterday, the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer, did a speech. Now, you may remember this guy. So, well, you might remember another guy, actually. There's this other guy called Keir Starmer. <laughs> and he stood in the Labour leadership election promising to nationalise utilities, oppose privatisation of the NHS, hike taxes on the rich, abolish tuition fees for students, and stand uncompromisingly by trade unions, including standing on picket lines. Now, unfortunately, since then, that guy, Keir Starmer, was replaced by someone else who's also called Keir Starmer, who opposes nationalisation, supports more privatisation than the National Health Service, doesn't support hiking taxes on the rich, won't commit to abolishing tuition fees, and has banned his front benches from standing on picket lines. That is quite annoying that happened because that's not actually what people voted for. Sort of an affront to democracy, I would say. Now, we're not allowed to say this normally because lying is only bad, apparently, when the Tories do it. Uh, it's fine when Labour do it. And anyone who points out what's actually happened, including what is the most dishonest leadership campaign of any major political party, I'm talking about leadership campaign, not general election campaign, um, is called a Tory enabler, according to all those people who charge into my mentions. Now, yesterday, Starmer committed to two things. More privatisation of the National Health Service. There's one thing the NHS really needs right now, I think, is a bit more privatisation, really lacking on that front, as well as more austerity. Maybe you think I'm exaggerating. Well, I'm not. Let's have a little chat. So, he called for a partnership model, as he calls it, in which the state works with private businesses to address the ongoing crisis in the NHS. And that's why what I'm proposing today, what we put on the table, is a partnership model where with the 
you know, an agile, active state working with, in partnership with private business, we deliver together, each clear about what their role is in that partnership. We heard that before, I'm afraid. It was called under New Labour the Private Finance Initiative, and PFI was a disaster, total disaster. It was basically like paying for public services on a credit card. With 30-year contracts, the vast majority of those years, pure profit uh, for private companies locked in. Some companies are now spending more on PFI debt than they are on drugs. Uh, the NHS is saddled with debts of around £50 billion for PFI deals, most of which are from donkeys years ago, incidentally. It sometimes means payments for buildings which aren't even used anymore. Basically, New Labour didn't want to increase taxes on the rich because they didn't want to confront the vested interests who were doing very well in this country. So they did this accounting scam and saddled the NHS with debts uh, that should be going to, I don't know, paying staff or indeed buying more drugs for patients. Now, this adds to the commitment of the Shadow Health Secretary, West Streeting, to use private hospitals. Now, some of you might be going, yeah, well, what's the problem with that? got to be pragmatic what works what works you know who cares but as one expert wrote in the guardian this is a total nonsense private hospitals don't have additional doctors um they they have nhs doctors working in their spare time that's how it works they contribute nothing to doctor training and receive a de facto state subsidy of around eight billion pounds so in terms of the relationship between the state and private hospitals is the state helping private hospitals out not the other way around what they do have is operating theatres but that's not what is causing the current mess what we need is consultants surgeons anaesthetists which i can't even pronounce properly that's they don't have those things they're just borrowing them off the NHS. But he, but the, this expert also raises the alarm of NHS patients in private hospitals facing a greater risk of harm. And that's because private hospitals are poorly regulated and the vast majority of them don't have ICU units if something goes wrong. Not good. It's a nonsense. What, what we do know uh, is that there was a Labour plan to expand the role of the private sector in the NHS. New Labour did that, the Tories did that, and it's been a total disaster. It hasn't improved the NHS. Look at the state of it. It has meant, though, huge amounts of profit going to private companies who are ripping us all off, whose focus is on profit, which they put ahead, of course, of patients' needs. What we need is more doctors, nurses, paramedics, people who are paid properly, and more resources so the NHS can do its job. It isn't actually hard. That is the reform that the National Health Service so desperately needs. Now, at the same time as NHS privatisation, lovely, uh, Starmer says Labour won't open what he calls its big government checkbook. He's just regurgitating old Theresa May-style lines about the magic money tree. Now, they, were, they got old at the time, which is why they're not saying magic money tree so much anymore. They're using big government checkbook. But they mean the same thing. And it's just nonsense that there isn't enough money to go around in a wealthy society like ours to pay for the public services that our citizens need. He also says that the scope for high tax increases is simply not there. But, you know, we have got the highest tax burden since the war. And therefore... You know, the scope for high tax increases is simply not there. Well, what does that mean? It means he's not prepared to tax more the rich and big business who are booming away, incidentally, in this country, even though he promised to do that in the Labour leadership election. But of course, those promises mean nothing. Now, unless Labour throws money, and I mean a lot of money, we've just got to be real. That's the tough decision. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You know, politicians talk about tough decisions a lot of the time. And by tough decisions, they normally mean things like cutting things, privatising things, or declaring war on a country and killing lots of people. The real tough decision is to say that we need to tax people who are doing very well more so that we can use that money and a lot more money so we can have an NHS and public services that our citizens depend on. That's taking a tough decision. It means taking a tough, it's a tough argument. It means taking on very rich and powerful people. That's being courageous. That's showing leadership. But this Labour Party isn't offering leadership at all because the Tories have set themselves on fire. The Labour lead has nothing to do with any anything Keir Starmer's done. I know some of you might, you know, out there, the most tedious people on the internet, and I'm not being, not being very nice to them, but I'm kind of bored of them, sorry. Um, they might think Starmer mania is sweeping the country. That's not what's happened. Uh, Tony Blair was popular in 1997, regardless of what I think about the guy. He was very popular in 1997. Keir Starmer isn't. Labour are way ahead and likely to win because the Tories have completely disgraced themselves and reduced this country to, as I keep saying, a massive burning skip. So what Labour are now, because they're going to win by default in all likelihood, so they think they can just get away with offering very little, thin gruel, um, and another form of austerity. But, you know... <laughs> Labour austerity is still austerity, and it still needs to be fought. And I have to say with Keir Starmer, given he's badged himself as Mr Integrity and Honesty, you know, that leadership campaign was so unbelievably dishonest. Now, here's a clip from a video the Financial Times did during the leadership campaign in which Labour frontbencher Margaret Hodge admitted that Keir Starmer's team were going round saying he was lying in order to win the Labour leadership and that he would ditch the promises he made as soon as he became leader, which he did. He's triangulating like mad. Somebody said to me, I don't mind what he does as long as he wins, beats Rebecca Long-Bailey. And I thought, you know, Tony never did that. Tony was completely straight, completely honest. You know, it's a different way of doing your politics. So is Keir lying to get the job and then will he then change? That's what this person was saying to me as a way of promoting Keir. I mean, that's sort of, I know. So that's sort of in a way, you then think, ooh. So what do I think is going to happen? I think Labour come to power, raise expectations just because they're not the Tories. But this isn't like 1997. In 1997, the economy was booming, living standards were going up because of an unsustainable financial boom. But people didn't feel that at the time. They felt the economy was booming, living standards going up. So when Labour did modest tinkering, which actually I think they offered more uh, in, in, in a lot of ways than they are now in that regard, but things like the minimum wage or tax credits, that was enough to keep the peace. But this is a period of total crisis. This is far more like 1974, not 1997. So if Labour come to power in the midst of total crisis and only do modest tinkering, well, a lot of people are going to go, was that it? 
You know, take one example. Two years into a Labour government, when young people, millennials, who are not shifting rightwards, as the Financial Times, again, to name-check them, their study recently showed that millennials are the only generation which hasn't shifted rightwards as they've aged, they're going to find that their pay packet after two years is still being eaten up by paying off their landlord's mortgage. You know, what, what's going to happen when public sector workers go, hold on, why, is my, why hasn't my pay gone up in the way it should have gone up? People are going to go, hold on, I thought the NHS and public services were going to drastically improve. People are going to go, why aren't my living standards really improving? If that doesn't happen, Labour are going to find themselves in government with a massive fight on their hands. That's what's going to happen. They're going to upset and anger a large number of people who expect a Labour government to do certain things, like spend money properly, like tax the rich, and like deal with social crisis. And if the Labour government doesn't do that, then they're going to face a very furious backlash, not least because Keir Starmer is not popular, so won't be having much political capital to start off with. There'll be a lot of triumphalism when Labour win. A lot of people, including myself, will be relieved that the Tories have been ejected. But if they think that honeymoon will last, if they don't do something drastic to help fix this country, then they are going to be gutted. Now, I hope I've been to the point, clear. That's what I think. Love to hear what you think in the comments, including some of those tedious people on the internet who go, oh, you're a Tory, you're a Tory. Yeah, notor notoriously Tory positioning, arguing Labour should oppose privatisation of the NHS and spend more money. What a raging Thatcherite I am. Anyway, please like, subscribe. I'll see you in a bit.